Good morning. And a warm welcome to the service this morning. A welcome especially to those who are visiting with us, uh, some friends who are visiting from different areas, uh, some who might be here for the first time, and uh, everyone is very welcome, those who are in the building uh, and those who are uh, online as well. It's good for us to come together and to be able to worship God in this way. Let's uh, close our eyes and bow our heads and let's uh, speak to God as we come uh, to him in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this, this day that's been set aside from all other days. We thank you for this, uh, the Lord's Day, where we're able to, to take time to be still and uh, we pray to know uh, that you are God and that you are with us. We thank you, Lord, for, the, for what we have sung in that hymn. Uh, words which are familiar, uh, a tune uh, that is so familiar to us that we've sung uh, year on years through, through, through the, the course of our lives. And yet we thank you for the wonder of all uh, that is packed into these words. We thank you for the, the fact that in this dark world you have not left us in darkness, but you have, you have given us the everlasting light in Christ. We thank you that you looked upon us, Father, in our, in our sin when we fell, but determined that in love you would not leave us in that hopeless state, but you would send Jesus, your Son, to be our Saviour, uh, the light of the world, who could bring everlasting light into this world and into the, the souls, into the hearts of all uh, who trust in him. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord, that when uh, we deserved nothing but to be pushed away from you, you have shown to us not a judgment, a not cold, hard law, but you have shown to us such grace in Christ. We thank you that Jesus took our sin from us when he came into this world. We thank you that Jesus, he lived for us the, the perfect life, the life that was without failure and without fall, a life which was lived as the, the substitutionary life in our place. We thank you that he kept all of the laws of God. And we thank you that he gives to us uh, uh, his righteousness when we believe in him. And he takes from us our sin when we believe in him. We thank you for the message that was given to uh, Mary and Joseph through the angel, uh, that Emmanuel, God with us, is here. And we thank you that that's the, the essence of the Christmas story, that God is with us, not against us, uh, but with us and for us. As the Apostle Paul said in Romans, if God uh, be for us, who can be against us? So we ask, Lord, that as we, as we reflect on these familiar truths in the course of this, this hour and over this season, we pray that the Holy Spirit would press them into our minds and into our hearts. We pray that these uh, truths would not uh, be historic facts which are remote from us, but we pray that you would give us faith, that we would take hold of them, and that we would know uh, the reality of your love and your grace, and the salvation that comes only through Jesus. To help us, Lord, we pray. We pray that in this hour, in this service, we would know uh, the reality of Emmanuel, God with us. We pray that you would open our eyes, and that you would open our ears, and that you would help us to see and hear Jesus. We pray your blessing on everyone who is here and those who are not here but who are uh, watching from a distance, perhaps just now or perhaps later uh, in the week when uh, they click a button 
We pray your blessing on on each life that uh, is connected uh, to us here, Lord. We pray for all uh, the, the homes that are represented. And we thank you that you're the God who knows us. And you know the, the joys and you know the heartaches. You know the, the things that bring us such peace and uh, contentment. And you know the things that cause us to be restless and anxious. And we pray that you would meet us, Lord, today at the point of our need. We bring to you those who, who may be anxious about the week ahead. Some who may be going for uh, tests in hospital or uh, procedures in hospital. We thank you that uh, you are the, the one who hears our prayers as we bring them ourselves and as we carry those whom we love to you. And where there is anxiety about what's up ahead, we pray uh, that you would give peace. We pray for those who are in hospital at present. Uh, we think of Billy Ross especially, who, who comes into the, the church week by week. And we ask, Lord, that you would uh, draw near to him, uh, having to deal with the, the reality of uh, losing uh, another leg, we pray. Uh, that you would strengthen him uh, in his inner being. We pray that you would uphold him. And Lord, that uh, he would know that you are close to him and that he would know that he is remembered uh, by your people. So bless him, Lord, we pray. We pray for Anthony as he recovers at home. And we pray for others who have uh, gone through surgeries and who are waiting for uh, different treatments, who are in their homes, who would want to be with us, but who are unable to be. And we ask, Lord, for your blessing to be upon uh, them and their families. We pray for those who are grieving. We're conscious that this time of year is a, a joy to many, but it opens up uh, old wounds of grief. And we ask, Lord, for your comfort uh, for those who are sorrowing to know uh, that you are the Father of all compassion. And we pray for those who battle uh, with addictions and who find that the, the temptations are, uh, are more intense over this, pe- over this period. And we ask that you would strengthen them, Lord, and that they would look to you uh, day by day. Pray for those who are fearful as well. Uh, we hear reports in the news, we read papers, we struggle to know how to discern everything that we, that we, we take in. But we, we ask, Lord, uh, that you would calm those who are fearful and that you would give us wisdom uh, through this time. We pray for those that you have allowed to be in authority over us as you've called us to. And we ask, Lord, that you would give to them wisdom. We are conscious that they do not ask for it. Uh, They do not look to you. But we pray that uh, as we pray for them, that you would give to them uh, what they need to govern uh, well. Hear our prayers. Take away our sin, Lord, we pray as we confess it. And lead us and guide us in this hour. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. And we can pray about that just now. Lord God, we thank you uh, for the Christmas story. We thank you, Father, that you sent Jesus, your Son, into this world. We thank you that his name uh, was Emmanuel, is Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you that we are able to be close to God. We thank you that as we open the Bible, we're able to hear God speak to us. We thank you that as we, as we think about these passages in Scripture, we're able to see uh, that picture of who you are, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We pray that you'd forgive us because we know that sometimes we let other things uh, get in between us and you. We lose sight of you. We lose sight of how much you love us. We lose sight of how how good it is to be close to you. And we pray that you'd forgive us, Lord, for, for that. Forgive us for our sin. And help us, Lord, we pray, each day to be asking you to take our sin away 
and each day to know uh, that you are close. So hear our prayers and uh, bless the boys and girls as they head through to Sunday school in a minute. Continue to, to speak to them through your word. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And we can turn in our Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 26 uh, to verse 38. This is God's word. In the sixth month, and uh, in that reference there, it's the sixth month of uh, Elizabeth, uh, that's Mary's cousin's pregnancy. She's carrying uh, John the Baptist in her, in her womb. And so it says there, in the sixth month, uh, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, was, she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Amen. And may God bless that reading of his word to us. If you could turn back to the, the passage that we read, uh, that would be helpful. We'll just take a few minutes and, and uh, think about this, this message that came uh, to, to Mary. And as we do so, let's, uh, let's pray again. Our Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for uh, your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, uh, our teacher. And we pray that we would know uh, his help uh, as we think about these verses for a few moments. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would open our minds, that you would give to us faith, that we would believe and not uh, resist, not doubt. We pray for the, the young ones in Sunday school, and we ask, Lord, that you would bless them and that they would come to know you and trust you in the, in the early years of their life. And we pray for the congregations around us here and across the nation and in all nations uh, where, where the Bible is opened and where Jesus, where Christ crucified and and risen is preached, we ask, Lord, that you would be at work, uh, that you would be lifting up uh, Jesus, and that many, uh, including us, Lord, that we would be drawn uh, to him today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, and for his sake, amen. There's a lot of things over Christmas, uh, over the Christmas season that we, you know, that we do. Um, there's traditions that we follow, and... Um, one of these traditions that we follow is, is uh, the sending and uh, the receiving of, of cards. Uh, there, are, there are still some people who do that. Nowadays, quite a lot of folks will say, I'm not sending cards, I'm going to make a donation to a charity. But um, 
There are still many people who, who send cards. Uh, we send, we receive cards. And if we don't send and receive cards, we probably make a point over Christmas um, to either send somebody a message uh, or to um, take a second and pick up the phone and, and, and have a chat with them. I was looking at uh, an article online this week and Vodafone were reporting that over the, the Christmas uh, week, uh, there can be about a, a 40% increase in the use of our phones. And much of that uh, is down to the, the sending and the receiving of, of messages. And what I want to think about today and what I want to look at today is, uh, is one of God's messengers. I don't think I've ever preached a sermon on, a, on, on an angel before. Um, we've looked at various characters through the, the Christmas story over the I think the seven years that we've done Christmas together uh, here, but I don't think we've we've ever actually looked in any detail at um, any of the the angels. So I want to look today at this particular angel uh, that we meet in uh, the the passage that we read, and more so than looking at the angel himself, uh, we're looking at the message or we're listening to the message uh, that this this angel brings. And it may be that some are just a little more interested than usual at this point in the service because today there is a a lot of interest in angels. And there are people who I'll regularly uh, speak with who who have no great interest in Jesus and who tend to close down when one tries to have a conversation about Christ. But talk about angels, talk about stones, talk about spooky things. And they're all over that. There are some people who are absolutely fascinated by by angels. And that's kind of ironic because what we'll see today is that angels never actually want us to be fascinated with and preoccupied with them. Angels are always pointing us away from themselves and to Christ and to the word of God, which points us to Christ. So I want today to, to, to rewind from where we were in Luke 17 and, and go back to the familiar ground of Luke chapter 1 and consider this, uh, this encounter that Mary has with, with an angel. And the first question we can ask is, um, who was the, the angel? We're not usually told uh, the, the name of an angel sent by God. If you go through scripture and you, you look at these different encounters with angels, they don't usually have names. But in this instance, uh, we're told the name of the angel that's sent by God, and his name is, is Gabriel. So look at verses 26 and 27. It says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was, was Mary. So we're told there, not just the name of Mary, but we're told the, the name of the angel. And that allows us then to, to think a little wider than this passage and, and look at the instances where this angel Gabriel features in the Bible. And we find him in two places. Uh, we find the angel Gabriel, uh, first of all in Daniel, the book of Daniel. And uh, we find him in chapter 8 and in chapter 9. We're not going to go there today for the sake of time, but uh, you can take my word for this and check it out later. In Daniel, uh, the angel Gabriel, he appears to Daniel in a vision. And Daniel is living, uh, he's one of God's people, he's a, a believer, 
and he's living in a very dark place called Babylon. And he's living in a really dark time. So for lots of reasons, Daniel uh, would have been struggling. And the angel Gabriel appears to Daniel and he helps him to understand why the darkness was there. And more importantly, uh, he helps Daniel to understand and to reassure Daniel uh, that light was coming. So Daniel in this dark place at this dark time, he has this encounter uh, with the angel Gabriel who tells him light is coming. And he speaks uh, to Daniel, and Daniel focuses on this, this, uh, this phrase, the Son of Man, one called the Son of Man, is going to come into this dark world and bring light. So we find uh, the angel Gabriel uh, there in that book. And the second place that we find the, the angel Gabriel is just slightly earlier in Luke chapter 1. We're uh, in, in verse 26. But if you go a little back from there, we, we see this encounter between the angel Gabriel and this priest called Zechariah. And Zechariah was a, a faithful uh, man of God. And uh, he uh, he meets with uh, Gabriel. Gabriel appears to, to him in this, in this, not vision, but in this real life encounter. And Gabriel, using the language of Malachi, interestingly, uh, he, he tells him, he tells Zechariah that even though his wife was barren and couldn't have children, she was going to have a child. And that child was going to be uh, John the Baptist, the one who would prepare the way for the light, the one who would prepare the way for Jesus, uh, the Savior. And now, for the third time, we see the angel Gabriel, and he appears to Mary. And he appears to her to tell her uh, that the Lord, the Savior, the light that was promised, he had now come, and he would be born uh, to her. Which was a staggering thing for her to hear, but she believed it, because it was true. But you know, that's about all we know about the angel Gabriel. We don't know much about what he looked like. We're not given a description of his height, you know, his appearance. Uh, we don't know anything about his personality. We don't know his history. And the reality is we don't need to know any of that because the angel Gabriel's job was not to draw attention to himself but to tell people about Jesus. And we can learn from the angel Gabriel uh, in that. You know, we live in a, a culture that's very uh, self-promoting. Uh, we like to tell the world uh, through social media a, a lot about ourselves. And you can scan through Facebook or Instagram or whatever and you can, you can learn all kinds of things about people, about who they are and what they like and what they ate for dinner and what shoes they're wearing today. And, you know, all manner of detail is out there about us. But, you know, if we're Christians, we've been given the same job description as the angels. And that's to go and tell people about Jesus, not about us. See, telling people about me or, or you telling people about yourself uh, and about what we, what we do and what we like and where we're going and where we've been, that's not going to change anyone's life. It might be mildly interesting. It might be deeply boring. But it's not going to change anyone's life. But telling people about Jesus, about who he is and about what he's done, in living for us and dying for us and rising from the dead, telling people about that can change not just someone's life, but it can change their eternal destiny. So we can take uh, a point in application here uh, to, be, to be more like Gabriel. 
Less about us, more about Jesus. We can imagine uh, the angel Gabriel. We can imagine the, the excitement and the, uh, the, you know, how, how, how he'd have been gripped by this message that he's, that he's been given to share. That the Savior, that the Son of God had been born into this world. One commentator, Hendrickson, says, The great moment for which all preceding generations have been waiting for has finally arrived. The Messiah is about to appear, and Gabriel has been ordered to announce his imminent arrival, and arrival by means of conception and birth. So we can imagine Gabriel walking onto scene, filled with wonder at this message that he'd been, he'd been given to share, that the, the Savior had come. And it was an amazing message to share. No, but think about this. We have a more amazing message to share. We can tell people not just about the birth, but we can tell people about the perfect, sinless life of Jesus and hand them the Bible and say, you can read about it here. You can see the glory of it in Scripture. And we can tell people about the the death of Jesus. Why did he die? For my sin. So that I can confess my sin and know that every sin is wiped away. He hung, he suffered on that cross to to deal uh, with the hopeless situation that we were in so that we who were headed for death and headed for hell can be promised everlasting light and life and heaven. We can tell people about the death of Jesus and we can tell people about the fact that not only did Jesus die but he rose the third day. He rose from the grave demonstrating that everlasting light had come given assurance that everlasting life was now available and could be shared by all who believe in him. So that's a little about who uh, the angel Gabriel was. Uh, I want to think now about what the, the angel Gabriel said. What message did he bring from God? And we can consider this under, under three headings. Uh, the first message that the angel Gabriel uh, brings is uh, a message of greetings. And that's uh, the, the first point you can note there. Uh, The angel went to her, Mary, verse 28, and said, greetings. That's the first note of the message. And we know that when we're in a a conversation with someone, that the first first word in a conversation, it sets the tone for everyone, everything else. So if someone comes to us and they they speak to us with warmth and they they put us at ease in the first word, then we're, we're kind of at ease for the the rest of the conversation. Whereas if someone comes up to us and gets in our faces and says, hi, we're on edge. And for Mary, who was just a teenager, by the way, probably about 16 years old, was just an ordinary girl from a small village, uh, Nazareth. They recognized us with Nazareth uh, was about 600 people, about the same size of Tarbert. I mean, imagine how terrified she must have uh, been when, when the angel walked into her life. Because we know from uh, the encounter with uh, Zechariah earlier in the chapter uh, that something of the glory of God shone around Gabriel. Because Zechariah, the priest, when, when he sees Gabriel, he's, he's startled, we're told. He's gripped with fear. And he has to be told by the angel, uh, don't be afraid. So Mary, just a young girl, there must have been... Uh, some kind of state of alarm about her when she first saw the angel. What would he say? Why was he coming to her? What message from God would this angel deliver? And uh, it begins on that note uh, of, of greetings. We can imagine the sense of relief that, 
that swept over, over Mary. She's given this message from heaven. It wasn't a message of, of judgment and condemnation. It was a message of greetings. Uh, the word in the Greek is, is the word chairo, which means to rejoice, means to be glad. So the angel comes to Mary and he, he, he says, you can rejoice. You can be glad because of this message that God has given me uh, to deliver to you. And I think we should just take a moment to take that in. I meet so many people, and so will you, who have the wrong impression of God. Maybe we're, we're even sitting here or watching at a distance this morning. And you have the wrong impression of God. You have this, this uh, sense that God is always frowning at you. He's always watching us with that um, readiness to catch us out and pull us down. But if that's how you think about God, it's wrong thinking. It's a false impression. God, when he, he comes to, to Mary through his messenger, he's not growling at Mary. He's bringing greetings. And God does not have, have plans to spoil Mary's life and, and, and make it miserable. Rather, through the, the child that she will carry, God plans to bring gladness and joy uh, to her and to the whole world, even to us. Speaking to a guy this week, um, he doesn't live in Harris before you go, guessing who it might be but speaking to this um guy this week and uh we got on to talking about church and uh where he was in terms of uh his relationship or not with god and and he told me he says i'm not against church you know and actually he says what i do is i, I take my kids to the sunday school i drop them at the door i jump in the car and i'm out there as quick as possible and although he was kind of half joking it was obvious from the way that he spoke and from the way that he wanted to get off the conversation, uh, that he was either scared of God or scared that God would bring some kind of misery into his life. So he couldn't get out the door quick enough. And all that is based on a false impression. You know, if we believe that God only wants to take hold of us in order to make us miserable and to growl at us and to spoil our lives, then you're listening to the devil. It's the devil's lie. The message that Mary heard and the message that we need to hear is that message uh, of greetings. The one true God broke into this world. He didn't have to, but he chose to. He broke into this world and he brought that message of, of greetings, of gladness and joy that he is so ready to, to bring to those who will trust him. So what did the angel say? He said, he said to Mary, greetings. Sets the tone for everything that follows. And the second thing the angel says is uh, it's a message of grace. Uh, look at verses 28 to, to verse 30. The angel went to Mary and said to her, Greetings you who are highly favoured. You can underline that word. The Lord is with you. Note that he's with you. He's not against you. He's with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And we have that word favor uh, twice there in three verses so that we won't miss it. Uh, and the word uh, that's translated as favor in the text is, is the Greek word uh, charito. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation, but you can, you can take it from me. And it's the word uh, in Greek that we get our word charity from Greek word charito from which we get our English word charity and it's just an old-fashioned way of saying grace so God 
uh, he, he, through this messenger, he comes to Mary to, to show her grace. He speaks greetings and he's showing her grace. And, and through this child Mary would carry, uh, God would show grace to the whole world. So what is grace? We'll have to stop for a second and just ask for a few answers on, on what's the definition of grace. We won't do that. But let me give you a few definitions of grace as uh, have come forward through various scholars uh, over the generations. Thomas Goodwin uh, says, Grace is the freeness of love. Grace is the freeness of love. Oswald Hoffman uh, says, Grace is love that gives, that loves the unlovely and the unlovable. Campbell Morgan says, Grace is love in action. Andrew Murray says, Grace in God is his compassion on the unworthy. So we have this picture uh, that uh, develops there as we listen to various thinkers uh, of what grace is. Grace is a, is a good thing. Grace is a, a glorious thing. Grace is something that, that flows from the heart of God. And this messenger that comes to Mary, he says, Greetings, be glad, be joyful, because God wants to share with you his grace, his love, his compassion. John Stott uh, says, Grace is love that cares and stoops and rescues. And that's what God was doing here. You take that definition. Uh, God, uh, he broke from eternity into time. Uh, the God who cares for his fallen people. The God who looks in on this world that was in, in such a state and was so broken and sees people who were so miserable because they were so far from him. And he breaks into this world and he cares for his fallen people. He stoops down from, from heaven. He sends a message to this angel. And the message is that a, a rescuer had come to deliver his people from hopelessness and to give them grace. And you know, that's the, the essence of the Christian gospel. The message of Christianity is, is distinct from, from any other religion and every other religion. And, you know, the attribute of grace is found in no other God. This is unique to Christianity. In every other religion, you can, you can study them yourself. Um, you can see that there is a, a consistent teaching through every other religion uh, that if we work hard and try our hardest to be good, then maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to climb our way back into God's favour. So every other religion you study, there's different terminology for it, but it's like a ladder that you climb up with great effort to try to get to heaven. Look at Islam, look at Buddhism, uh, study the Jehovah's Witnesses, go where you want, look at all these different religions, and that's the method. You're climbing up to, to try uh, to reach God. You're straining with all you have to make God love you. But in Christianity... We're not told to climb up the ladder to God because we can't do it. In Christianity, uh, God comes down. In no other religion will you find God coming down. But God in his great grace, he, he stoops down to the people that he loved. You know, as we sometimes sing in that, that, uh, that short hymn, love came down at Christmas, love divine. And God, we, we see here, he stoops down to us uh, as he did to Mary. Uh, and he gifts us, he offers to us uh, his, his grace and his favour. J.C. Ryle uh, says, Let us admire the amazing condescension of the Son of God. 
the heir of all things, not only took our nature upon him, but took it in the most humbling form in which it could have been assumed. It would have been condescension to come to earth as a king and reign, but it was a miracle of mercy, passing our comprehension to come on earth as a poor man, to be despised and suffer and die. So God, he he speaks to Mary through this messenger and he says, greetings and let me tell you about my grace. You can be saved through my grace. The Apostle Paul uh, was a, he was a professional churchman, I suppose. He was a Pharisee, a a religious academic. And uh, he had spent many years uh, studying uh, religion and he was the most serious man you could ever find in terms of wanting to be religious. Um, but he never had any assurance of being saved. He, he was lost. In spite of all his learning, in spite of all his robes and clerical collars and letters after his name, he was lost. And he's just gripped by this uh, bitter hatred for those who were, who were Christians. And then one day uh, he was on the road to a place called Damascus. And uh, again, Jesus came down to him. And challenged them about his sin. And gave him grace. Paul had been trying to, to climb his way up through the ladder of religion. And Jesus comes down. Confronts him about this, the sin of that. And gives them grace. And Paul as he reflected on that day. Uh, he said in Ephesians 2 verse 8. For it's by grace you have been saved. Through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of of God. And for Mary, you know, there was much that she still didn't understand. There was much that still left her troubled. As she thought about the implications of, of all this uh, in her family and with her fiance. But she trusted God. And she received the grace and favour of God as she received and carried uh, Jesus. And I want to ask the question uh, this morning, have we, have we received Jesus yet? Have we received Jesus yet? You know, we can hear about this message. We, we can read about an event that happened 2,000 uh, plus years ago in a place far from here. Uh, we can have uh, interest. We can even feel uh, a Christmas sense of warmth about all uh, that's familiar in these stories that we hear. Uh, but have we received Christ yet? Mary didn't understand everything, but she trusted God. Sally Lloyd-Jones puts it this way, she trusted God more than her eyes could see. And she knew God's grace. She knew God's favour. She knew that gladness, that joy of, of the greeting that God brought to her. So what about us? Well, we trust God. He comes with the same tone. He comes to us with, with words of greeting. He comes to offer to us a, a, a gladness, a, a joy, a peace that we'll find in no other place. And he comes to us in grace. He's not asking us to earn our salvation because we can't. He's not asking us to, to climb our way up to him through uh, lengthy uh, religious uh, scholarships. He's simply asking us to trust him. Grace is a gift. Forgiveness of sin. Peace with God. Eternal joy. It's a gift. And it's offered to us all. So may we be encouraged uh, to receive it as we receive Jesus into our hearts uh, today.
our time is gone, so we're stopping there. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for uh, this passage that we've read. We thank you for uh, this encounter that the angel uh, Gabriel uh, had with Mary. We thank you for the, the account that we're given uh, of how he uh, came to her and probably caused such a, a surprise, such a shock in her life and turned everything upside down in terms of her engagement with Joseph and relationship with family and what the village would say and talk about her when they heard that she was pregnant. And yet we, we thank you that Mary uh, did not resist, but she trusted God. And we thank you that through uh, Mary we, we see the, the one who was called the, the Son of God, the Saviour, Jesus, the one who would save his people from their sins. We thank you that we, we see Jesus born of a virgin, something that's beyond our comprehension, something that is supernatural. And yet we thank you that it's true. Nothing's impossible with God. And we thank you that as we look at our own hearts, and as we see our sin, and as we see how far uh, we often drift from you, we thank you, Lord, that you don't push us away and write us off, but you come to us with that same message of greetings. That same message of grace for all who will believe. So give us faith, we pray. May no one walk out this door today still carrying the weight of their sin, still searching uh, for peace and joy and life in all, all the wrong places. Enable each of us, we pray, to simply say to you, Lord God, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for trying to, to fill my life up with a million different things that don't satisfy. Forgive me for all my efforts to save myself. Thank you, Lord God, that you sent Jesus to be my saviour. Enable each of us, we pray, to simply say, Lord, I trust you. Come into my life. Come into my heart and save me. Let me pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father, the fellowship, the comfort of God the Holy Spirit, be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.